Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Discussing Who. As of this recording, it is Tuesday, February the 27th, 2018, and we are preparing to review Doctor Who Series 1, Episode Number 8, entitled Father's Day. So for you, wherever you may be in all of space and time, thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe to the show via Apple Podcast or your favorite podcast player. We also invite you to check out our other show, Discussing Comics, where we discuss a variety of geek-related topics, ranging from comic books to sci-fi to events to pretty much, you know, anything that Clarence Lee and I can come up with to talk about. Uh, if you want to know more about that, um, check out DiscussingComics.com. So since time is relative and we may not have as much time Tonight, or we might, or we might have more. Who knows? Let's start with introductions. And I've already said his name once, but I'll add his last name in. Lee Shackelford, how are you? Hi, guys. Great to be with you. I'm excited about talking about this terrific episode of Doctor Who. Yeah, I mean, I was like not remembering it as well as I might have should or whatever, which I think is uh, an ongoing theme uh, yeah. with this particular <laughs> Uh, series, perhaps. So we've been saying it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, so I think it would be improper not to introduce the other voice on our show, Clarence Brown. How are you, Clarence? Doing great, man. Doing great. Glad to be on for another show, man. Uh, how are you doing, guy? I can't complain. I'm fresh off of uh, Pensacon with you and the team from Dice Junkies, and I'm sure that Lee's probably got some questions. So we're going to do a um, pre-con wrap-up focused on Doctor Who from Pensacon and briefly oh talk boy. about that just a quick, quick minute before we get into our uh, review. So I've got my notes here. I've got them printed out. They're in the orange folder. So let me get that out and, uh, you know, kind of go over it kind of as a backup. And it, Clarence, if you want to make fun of uh, the orange <laughs> folder and tell Lee and everyone listening what the orange folder is. The orange folder. <sighs> the orange folder. I guess the color is not really significant. Yeah, but the, the color means nothing. Yeah, the significant part is that Kyle is still printing out stuff. And uh, to that I say, um, quit killing trees, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what year do you think this is <laughs> yeah so there was so so for anyone listening the last one of the last things i did with my check off list that i'm going through making sure i have everything was i was thinking what if we get down to pensacola and we're in an area that doesn't have good reception or doesn't have good sales signal and we need to either show hey yes we are media or where do we pick up our media passes or something like that? Yeah. I printed that out and just nicely, neatly, so I wouldn't lose it, put it in this bright orange folder. So when I we're on our way down and I reach around and pull out this orange folder out of the like backpack thing, I wish I could have recorded the look on Clarence's face is like, <laughs> tell me he's not actually got it printed out. Uh, well, at least it was an email and not MapQuest. If it, if it had been like MapQuest or Google Maps, I would have really been like, uh, what the what? Yeah. yeah uh, it, one side of the paper, too, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think I would have deserved a big like slap on the back of the head if I would have printed out the map. That would have been bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm making up for you, man, because uh, in personal news, uh, I signed a contract today to write a, a textbook. And ah. it is not. It is not going to be on paper at all. So there you go. <laughs> cool beans. Cool yeah, beans. It's, it's, it'll only be available as an ebook. So nobody will ever kill trees for the sake of this book. So, well, I only killed a twig. I didn't kill a tree. It was only <laughs> two and a half pages, well, oh, two, three pages, tree. only a twig. Say that to the forest of Cheem. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> maybe, maybe, uh, you know, have a little bit of silence in the library for that. I don't exactly. know. Exactly. That's right. So, so Clarence, uh, what was your Doctor Who highlight of Pensacon? Oh, man. Uh, seeing John Berryman parade around the stage, yes. uh, in a TARDIS dress. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was weird and entertaining at the same time. So, 
Yeah, that, I think that has to be the the peak of the the weekend. What about you, man? The top that. <laughs> you know, there have been, and, and and it's interesting. I am usually very comfortable now uh, talking on a mic and talking to you guys and talking to the people who are listening because I I, I really in my head as I'm talking. I really try to imagine that not only are there the two of you guys listening, but there's also the people who are listening to this podcast. So I try to keep them in my mind as the, you know, silent fourth party or third party as, you know, as we're talking. So I'm, I've gotten used to that. But anytime I ever go anywhere, I've never gotten up to take that get in line to ask the question to whomever that celebrity has. I basically didn't have the guts to do it this time though. I don't know what, what was going on and what was in my head, (laughs) but I did that. And not only did I do that, I did that twice. So that was kind of my uh, highlight. I I remember having to push past that the first time too. You know, I, I needed somebody who works with more famous people than I do to say to me, you know what? That's a person like anybody else. (laughs) Well, I will tell you really, really quick what got my nerves on the first one. The first one was Mm -hmm. for the gentleman who plays Rory Williams. So, um, you know, I'm 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 there. And all of a sudden I realize I'm not sitting in my seat anymore. I'm actually in line. So (laughs) what happened? Yeah, I was like, how did I get here? So here's what I do. I I have my phone in my hand. So I've got uh, Facebook Messenger and I'm like, okay, I'm fixing to talk and ask a question to Rory. So I actually send our friend Jessica from Seska says a message and she just happened to be on. So I'm like uh, Facebook tweeting her back and forth saying, you won't never guess who I'm about to ask a question to because she was big fans of Amy and Rory. So that kind of, you know, calmed my nerves having that conversation with her. So uh, Jess, I know you're not listening because you, you don't, well, you might be because this is uh, a a past episode. So this wouldn't be a spoiler for you. So if you're listening, you help uh, calm my nerves. So kudos and thank you. So Clarence, any other thoughts or anything from Pensacon uh, before we move forward? Uh, Nothing major. Uh, Tilk or um, uh, what's the guy's name? Christopher Judd. Uh, yeah, Christopher Judd. Uh, he's freaking awesome. He was, he was another highlight. So was Arthur Dollar. He was, he was very, very good. Uh, we did get also see the face of booze from our friends from Crew to Who, and it got signed by a certain, um, uh, face of Bo himself, <laughs> which was pretty darn cool. So yeah, it was, there was plenty of highlights to be had on the weekend, and we're gonna, um, go into that more on a, on another episode, like you, like you said. Yep. Want to, before we get, into the actual review. We want to also invite you, if you like the information or the content that we're sharing here, we also invite you to check out our Patreon account. So you can find us at patreon.com backslash discussing who. We'll be posting some behind-the-scenes bonus content and more. I've got some very good and actually quite funny bonus uh, content that should be posted probably in the next couple of weeks. I'll also be posting some more pictures uh, or some pictures from Pensacon and then any upcoming events that we will be attending, including Hulanta. So... If you have not seen, let's just go ahead and get into it. If you have not seen the 2005 episode entitled Father's Day, put us on pause, go to Amazon Prime, watch it, then come back and listen. Because if you have not seen it, know from henceforth, spoilers. 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 So here we go. This is our review of Father's Day. It was written by writer Paul Cornell, directed by Joe Ahern, and broadcast in the month of May 2005 on the 14th day. Final viewing figures in the United Kingdom were 8.06 million, which is, of course, up from 8.1, just a slight bit from the previous week. Question, gentlemen, over a broad ballpark figure. And Clarence, let you take this one first. Did you enjoy the episode? Yes, yes, I very, very much enjoyed it. Um, It was a hard episode to watch, a very hard episode to watch. 
you know, there are some concepts that are presented in this episode, which I don't think we have seen before or see after, which I found very interesting, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, not only that, I mean, it struck me as one of these things where, um, especially in the first part of the episode, the doctor was, was pretty much, you know, kind of hush hush and letting Rose do what she wanted to do, which, um, again, was was very interesting. Again, we're going to dive into it, but that's just my initial thoughts. What about you guys? All right, Lee, what do you think? Um, I think I think Clarence said it very well. It's uh, it, it, it's it's a in, it's an entertaining episode, but it also has the feeling of being profound. Um, in terms of the whole run of the series, I know we're going to get back to the Reapers because I think all three of us wish that we kind of kept that concept throughout the series. Mm-hmm. But you know what? We'll come back to that. But um, you know, just for me, it's um, I am somebody's father, and it is largely a show about what. For me, it is a story about what 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 it means to be uh, to be, um, and that's that's profound. That's important. You know, here here was the thing for me, and again, I go back to appreciating these episodes in a different way, and I kept trying to figure out why I'm appreciating these differently. And I may have mentioned this when we were talking about our own experiences, you know, shaping how we perceive, you know, what we watch. But I don't know. It was something about this episode. When I watched it, I think age and experience and the I don't I don't want to say wisdom. I just want to maybe say experience that's gained through that experience not or the knowledge gained through experience just just made this episode seem i don't know just more profound using mm-hmm. you know one of the words that you that i didn't feel you know 50 you know 12 8 13 whatever years ago yeah yeah that, that that's i think that's exactly i think that's what's happening we're we're all older than we were when we saw these before it's uh, it's different yeah it is and and you know f- f- coming uh you know from for me I saw this as maybe one of the first semi doctor light episodes. Uh, I, mm. you know, uh, Clarence, you made the comment about the doctors just seemed to kind of be there in the background. You know, maybe this was the start of that doctor lightness of an episode where he wasn't the, you know, center focus of the story where mm-hmm. as he, as he normally is. And, and this, this was Rose, this was Rose's family. Well, you know, uh, when I talk about the doctor being in the background and I think it all started at the beginning when, you know, Rose asks that question and, um, he says something to the effect, uh, be careful what you wish for. And it seems like from that point, he saw, he, he noticed what she really, really wanted or maybe even needed. And, um, surprisingly so, he catered, he catered to her wish, uh, which, you know, is very shocking, um, cause we know the doctor, um, I'm not going to say he sticks with the rules, but there's some things he just steers away from. And it, it's surprising that he would move forward to this thing that he knows is bad and speak about the last episode, like you just said, with, with Adam and, um, how Adam, um, was very much, was very much out for himself. Uh, this semi felt like a self-serving thing, which it seems kind of weird coming off of what Adam did. And we're going back to, um, time travel being used for a self-serving thing, but a very, a very different, a very different type of self-serving. Um, so again, just very, very interesting. And again, I know we're going to dive into more into these concepts. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's interesting on on the level of like you said of how you stop that last episode and you've got the Adam issue and then you walk right into this and I want to segue into asking Lee a question because I don't think something like this has happened in any other Doctor Who story but Lee I pose that to you do you recall any other stories either classic or current where the Doctor doesn't necessarily take that person to see somebody that's a historical figure because, I mean, if you go in the past, of course, chances are, depending on how far you go back, that person's going to be dead in the future. Have you, do you recall any other episodes where it's a family or a personal relationship? No, no, I don't. And, and 
this is where we look for viewer mail, right? We look for listener mail yes. <laughs> to say, yeah, but you forgot all about, you know, but, um, but yeah, I remember that uh, Clarence posed the question a while back and I thought it was such a great question. Do we know of what are the times when the doctor has done something that is just plain wrong that maybe he, he knew it was wrong and he did it anyway. And this was what, this is what I immediately thought of. So I was watching that moment so carefully this time around and the showrunners, I think it's probably in the script, you know, they're so careful about this, yeah. this moment where Rose asks, can, can I try? And what we get favored is this super close up of Christopher Eccleston. We get to the doctor's eyes and we can see him weighing this. And, you know, I'm probably interpreting because I've seen the episode before, but it really looked to me like what's going on inside his head is, oh, I shouldn't do this, but I yeah. can't, I can't say no to her. I, yeah, yeah, that's my interpretation. I can't say no to her. I don't know if that's why he does it or not. What was your mm. What was your take, Clarence? Do you agree? Or? I, I mean, I, I I totally agree with that. I mean, again, I like I kind of mentioned earlier. He, he, he it seems like he knows it's the wrong decision. I mean, and even furthermore, when we get into the the act of of going back to see um, Pete Tyler, and we see it's botched on the first attempt. But yet and still mm-hmm. we go further. Yeah. So, so, you know, what is it this time that makes the doctor, uh, bend over backwards to, to, to please a companion? And, you know, I, he really loves Rose, I think is, is my opinion. But, but yeah, just doing things that are out of the ordinary for him and going to great lengths to, uh, please her when you think any other time he'd been like, nah, let's move on, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, let me say this, Clarence, and I hope you're sitting down for the, or sitting down for this. <laughs> I think what he did for Rose by far surpasses what he did for Clara that supposedly, uh, you know, was creating the hybrid of him pushing himself and he, him going too far. Him doing, you know, what he did by letting her save Pete and letting them, you know, be in the same place twice, literally, I think was much more severe than taking Clara out of her predestined, you know, point of death, a split second between a heartbeat. I mean, I think that is much more profound than what he did for Clara. So I'm actually taking up for Clara. Yeah. Well, it's the first law of time, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I just, you know, I, I just was like sitting there going, Okay, you can't be doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and like also you have to think is there another layer here um and the doctor mentions it when when Rose questions him at some point. But but are we seeing him doing this because of what happened to his people? Is this his way of coping with it or um um trying to come to terms with what has happened to to him? I was just Good thinking question. the same thing. I was just thinking the exact same thing because I, I th- this episode also has her make the remark, "I know how sad you are," yeah. and and I, I I have to think that that's that's what's going on in his head in that split second that we're talking about is he's he's processing. He knows what it's like to lose, you know, everybody, your family. He says it later. You know? Yeah, um, yeah. No, I was just saying. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's you know he's talking about losing his family, which is you know. One of the few times the doctor makes reference to even having a family. Exactly. So <laughs> tell me this. What did you guys think of, you know, beyond him taking her back? I tried to put myself in that companion role just the same way I did, you know, with the Adam thing last week. And I, I just I just have sympathy or or I can empathize maybe with Rose and the decision that she makes, because what would any of us do if we had that ability to go into time and go back in time? And, 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 and it, I guess it's a moral question or an ethical question or a should you question. I'm not sure how to brand it, but if you could, should you go back and spend that moment or that day or that hour or whatever with that set of people or that person or whomever, should we just because we could, does that make it right? And I'm just <laughs> posing that question. Yeah. But th- that's one of the things that struck me watching the show again, um, that it never really hit me before is that what the first 
I guess, nine-tenths of the episode tell us is, no, no, you should not do that. But in the end, what Rose did has made everything better. True, but but uh, just out of curiosity, elaborate on that statement. Rose makes everything better. How so? To elaborate. I think now, Pete, instead of dying a stupid, pointless death, he gets to die de- a hero's death. And, cool. and, and, and he wasn't alone this time. And, and then we go back to, um, to Jackie telling little Rose, you know, about her father. And she's now telling the story a little differently, too. Yeah. Yeah. See, I now have to go back and watch that. I didn't realize that. Did not pick up on that. And, and I may be projecting uh, on that, too. But, yeah, but that's how it seems to me. So it's, it's kind of a confused moral teaching for the episode. It's like, yeah, you should never do that. But you should because it'll make things better. But. But you know, but it it all it ends up hinging on Pete's extraordinary sacrifice. Yes, I mean that's really what saves the day, obviously. So because the doctor is not there, <laughs> this is this is an episode <laughs> in which talk. Yeah, we were saying this is kind of Doctor Light. I said, yeah, there's a large part of this when the doctor's not in it because <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> this is that, true. That doesn't happen in every episode. So. Yeah. And Clarence, what what about you? What do you think of that ethical, moral dilemma? Um, Well, I mean, of of course, you're going to want to go back and see loved ones. I think it's fine as long as it as it doesn't um, disrupt the timeline. You know, if if that doesn't happen, I don't think it's I think it's fine. Perfectly okay. They do it all the time. But I think uh, Rose makes an excellent point to the doctor. You know, she's like, why do you get to do it? In, in which is uh, one of the big problems I have with this episode mm. is that when the doctor changes things, it doesn't bring these reapers, whatever you call them, out of nowhere. So why is it happening in this instance? It very much felt like, I don't know, it was Final Destination out in this time uh, when this movie, when this <laughs> show came out. Probably it, so. It, 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 it very much felt like a Final Destination thing where, you know, they escape death but still death follows them wherever they go and the the car appearing and and replaying that moment very much felt like that to me but i mean again it brings up the larger question in my mind like why is it okay for the doctor to do it but when rose does it 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 um wreaks havoc uh just just something that's running through my mind to try to figure out though you, you you could make the argument that the doctor you know, he has the knowledge of time and space and he knows how the future should be. But we're talking about one life here. We're talking about one life. And I'm sure in the doctor's travels, many people have perished that should not have or, you know, live that should not have. So, you know, just just something to think about. I've got a good answer to that is uh, when you say people who should have died, who didn't die and now they don't die. I've spent 400 I've spent 400 years thinking about it and gentlemen I have changed my mind. I mean yeah. that right there is uh changing uh on an epic 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 and you know one more epic scale <laughs> as compared to one. Yeah. You know. Yeah, uh, Day of the Doctor is is almost like its own its own set of rules though. I mean it, it is the uh the the whole reason why that's that that moment in Day of the Doctor is so wonderful is because it is um, uh, doubling down on everything that's ever happened in the series up to this point. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I would hate to sacrifice its specialness, but um, yeah, but yeah, the, yeah the, true. The, the Doctor in this in Father's Day he mentions. Uh, I mean, he he says angrily to Rose, "Don't you think I'd like to go back to the Time War and and change that?" But you yeah. can't. That's not how it works. So. Which is mm. which is just absolutely funny that he said not funny, but interesting <laughs> he that he's saying that considering that's right. Looking back, yes, that he that doesn't know it. what he doesn't know. Yeah, doesn't know what he doesn't know. Um, mm. So here was something that I think as we grow, as you know, we grow in our own lives, whether we get this realization younger. Or whether we get it as we're, you know, grown men or grown women or, you know, you know, at where, at what point, I think it's unique to each of us as an individual. But for Rose, one of the things that I really 
thoughts that just was poignant that kind of stood out to me is there is a point when your parents change from being the almost fairy tale, if, you know, I hope for as many people as possible, a fairy tale or a perfect image that you as a small child have in your head to you reach the level of maturity where you realize, yes, they are my parent. Yes, they gave me life. Yes, they brought me here and I'm here because of them. But they are just like me. They are human and they are people and they have their own flaws. And I I, I just thought that was so profound, that realization hearing Jackie and Pete talking, not realizing that that's their daughter and seeing both mother and father in an entirely different light. What about you guys? Yeah, that that was my favorite part of the episode mm-hmm. um, when, when they all meet um, when they're all together for the first time. And we see just a, a a Jackie that seems like she's just been through the ringer. Her temperament is so um, I've had enough. Mm-hmm. And and this is this is how I, the only way I can react to you now. Um, you know, she went as far as saying you're a cheater. I mean, it seems he's a failing entrepreneur, um, schemer, um, uh, useless even, uh, <laughs> has a lot of harebrained schemes, you know. Um, but, but man, that, that moment when you see the rage that she has. And, you know, prior to that, we got where Pete said, you know, he, he kind of said something about, you know, how I think Rose said something that Jackie said about him and he said that would never happen. <laughs> so, I mean, just to see them in this snapshot of of something that's not great, not great at all. And, and like you said, Cal, it happens to all of us to where we and it may be worse for some people than others. But you you have this realization that, OK, your parents are perfect, but even more, they're human. <laughs> right. And, 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 and I think that's thoughts. and I think that's a profound part of growing up as an individual, you know, re- establishing your own identity as a, you know, person un- unto himself or herself when you can separate yourself and from from that. And, and I know that's we're talking not necessarily re- even related per se to Doctor Who, but I, I think this is where Doctor Who just shows how and why it is still on 55 years later. Because, you know, if we're able to have this deep philosophical, you know, what's the meaning of life almost conversation over Doctor Who, that says, Paul Cornell, you did a fantastic job writing this episode. Yeah, yeah. And um, it, it feels to me that, you know, we get that argument of, with, between Jack and Pete. It seems like to me that was set up by that first argument that we got between Rose and the doctor, which I thought was just, just brilliant. Uh, he calls her a, an ape, um, which I, I laughed uncontrollably at when that happened. Uh, you stupid ape. But you know, that, that, that whole, uh, interaction, that first fight, you know, it, it, it was another sign to show us that things aren't always perfect. And it kind of, I guess, got us ready for the, the Jackie Pete fight a little bit later. Yeah. So, you know, we see, you know, Rose ultimately cave to temptation as, you know, pretty much was inevitable for her to do. And she saves Pete. So in come the winged, weird uh vampire pterodactyls maybe of time maybe whatever those yeah. things were what, what did you guys think of the creatures themselves <laughs> i was struck this time by um how much cgi has evolved since 2006 <laughs> oh yeah they they were yeah they were not as impressive to me this time as they were before <laughs> it's just yeah. sad you know there's nothing you can do about that but uh um it was a little hard to take them seriously but um but yeah, we've talked about this before. It, we get a quick explanation from the doctor that these are the reapers. They're basically bacteria. I, I remember him saying they were like antibodies. But, but anyway, <laughs> but yeah, there's a hole in time now. And, and so bacteria uh, rush in. They're an infection. And that the Time Lords used to take care of this. And that now that there aren't any Time Lords except him, 
this is what's going to happen. Every time somebody pokes a hole in time, you're going to get the Reapers. And that's an interesting idea that you could build a whole series on that. Yeah. Uh, and so since this kind of thing is going to happen again, but those of us who are paying attention to continuity are looking for the Reapers, but we never see them again. <laughs> mm. So does that mean that the, uh, oh, I don't know, you are not alone, maybe? I don't know. That there are other Time Lords out there? Oh, really? They, oh, cool. They weren't, they're, they're, they're not fighting know. the Reapers. <laughs> but still, that would be, that would be interesting. We're going to see uh, Time Lords v. Reapers. Yeah. And, and it, you know, I, I, I don't know if that falls into the category of Paul Cornell created those characters and therefore he has the rights and therefore <laughs> they didn't want to pay for the rights. But yet he writes their comics and et cetera and so forth for Titan, yeah. uh, Wibbly Wobbly, righty uh, <laughs> rights and whatever. I don't know if that has anything to do it or, or do with it or did, you know, <laughs> people just didn't like it or they didn't want to use it again or what? Yeah. I, I think it's more likely that they just didn't want to, that they just decided to pretend like that didn't happen. It's, um, it was interesting for the sake of this story, but you know, I don't know. You know, I will say this about the Reapers. It was interesting reading their original concept was more of a grim Reaperish look, but mm -hmm. they, uh, came across as being too similar to the, uh, bad guys, the creatures and the end of the world episode. So therefore <laughs> they made them into these pterodactyl kind of things. <laughs> yeah. Which, which I keep confusing with the Krillotane that we'll see in uh, school reunion. But, yes. Um, it's kind of looked similar. Very similar. But, uh, so, yeah. So yeah, I guess the Reapers are actually not that interesting. And so we're just going to pretend like they didn't happen, you know? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's, uh, they healed their own yeah. wound. You know, when I got the, um, uh, when, uh, uh, I got to, when I was pitching for Star Trek The Next Generation, they gave me the, uh, the writer's guide, which has, of course, all of the do's and don'ts about the whole series. And one of the things it said emphatically about the transporter is that you cannot bring a dead person through the transporter and use their old pattern to bring them back to life. That's, you cannot do that. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> It's in the writer's guide. And, wow. and, and of course, they stuck to that rule until then they didn't. Yeah. So, yeah. When, when, when did <laughs> so, you know, help me there? When didn't they? Well, they reconstructed Dr. Pulaski from her DNA. Ah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Which conveniently, which conveniently included her costume, I may say. <laughs> <laughs> didn't know those were in your DNA, did you? But Yeah. No, but so yeah. same things here. Same things happening here. No, whenever you punch a hole in time, you're going to get the Reapers. Except when you don't. So, yeah, I also thought it was in interesting when um, she initially saves her father. How the the doctor and Rose that were standing there just disappeared. Mm -hmm. Which I'm um, I'm a little confused as hmm, what where, do we know an instance where the doctor has been in the same in the same doctor? I know we've done it with different doctors, but the same doctor has been in the room with himself. Like other than this this time, oh, my friend, you have I, I have to give you a compliment real quick. You have been spending uh, enough time around me to anticipate uh, where I was about to go. So kudos <laughs> to you on that, because 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 if you had not made that clarification, I was ready to pounce <laughs> on. Oh yeah, there's there's the thing called the three doctors and the five yeah, doctors. That's too easy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't. But think so lee i'm there going is, to point to you i wish i could remember what it is but there is there is a moment in the the late classic series i want to say it's like um a seventh doctor story uh where um they go back in time and he has to say to his companions whoever else is there now we have to be careful because we're also upstairs uh -huh. Hmm. But I, but I cannot remember what the circumstances or even even which doctor it is. So the, again, listener mail somebody <laughs> somebody write in and tell me what in the world I'm thinking about. But uh, uh, I, I and they one. even go ahead. But I have you one. Get, after you, you, finish you got that. a theory? Yeah. No, no, yeah. no. I, I have a, I have an example. But go, but, but go ahead and finish that thought. Oh, um, in my recollection of this, maybe this will help somebody else to remember. It. There's also, I think, for the first time ever, we see something appear inexplicably. And then somebody says, what's that? And the doctor has to say, I don't know. And then later on, we come to the moment where the doctor sends that thing back in time. 
So it's the first time in the series where they had something like that happen out of sequence. As again, we'll see in Day of the Doctor, the the guy getting the phone call. We, um, oh yeah, yeah. But um, but this was a, an episode of the classic series where they did that, maybe for the only time. But anyway, so, but it is still it's still extremely rare to have you know the the uh, the Doctor and one of his companions there looking at themselves. <laughs> so. Yeah. So here's here's my uh, Doctor in the same place twice is the episode Journey to the Center of the TARDIS. And there is a mm. moment where the Doctor throws something in the story and the Doctor looks at the Doctor. And they actually, yeah. I think, have a quick conversation. Yeah, yep. I think you're right. Yeah, well, yeah. And I was trying to think of things earlier because I think later we've done it several times. Um, there, there was a, a mini-sode where... Uh, uh, Amy keeps meeting successive versions of herself that are like um, 30 seconds in the future. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. But anyway, we don't even know if those are canonical. <laughs> hey, if if they happened and we watched them, I say they're... <laughs> it's canon. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> oh, but, 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 but talking about the, um, you know, the, the healing of the time and the the creatures and the um, the, the the wound on time... One of my gripes, and, you know, I've been told that I like to hate things, I don't like to dislike things, and which is, you know, usually true. But uh, one of the things that I've always had an issue with, with young Amy touching, uh, I mean, you know, old, older Amy, you know, patting younger Amy on the head uh, in, I think it was, um, it was one of the last two episodes of the fifth season. I can't remember which one it was. Yeah. But having said that, I've always had an issue with that because nothing happened. Yeah. So could it be that it was because time had been broken that when it when Rose held Rose, that the Reapers, you know, basically made the doctor go away and you know broke into the church? Or was it something different scenario? What do you guys think? No, because you've mentioned that before, I was on the lookout for this when I was watching the episode again last night, and the doctor does say that explicitly. The reason why Rose shouldn't touch Rose is because there's already been enough damage, he says, and the Reapers are out there. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, I can, as as Leah said before, as long as they give me a reason, That's I'm it. fine with it. Yeah, yeah, it's a BS explanation, but sure. <laughs> at least it's, 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 at it's, least it's a it's, BS explanation. That's right. Yeah. Right. Which is more than we get about why we never see the Reapers again. So. True, 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 <laughs> true. All right, so um, you know, I know you 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 guys have brought up some good points. Any other excellent and fantastic points that you'd like to talk about? I, I, I'm so interested. In, so um, the, 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 uh, that little fight with uh, Jackie and the Pete on the street is Clarence's favorite moment because, to my surprise, this time around, it was mine too. I. Uh, that just that just floored me. I, I I think I'd forgotten all about it. But it is. It's so. It's it's such a profound moment as Rose stands there and watches her her idealized yeah. vision of what her parents were like just burst like a balloon. Um, that's not what it was like at all. Um, turns out they were regular people who who can't get along. Wow. And, and uh, yeah, that's that's huge. Just it's such a, a remarkable piece of of storytelling. I love that. You know, it, go ahead, Clarence, please. You know, yeah, I was just going to add that, like, you know, and, and she doesn't get the benefit of of a normal person growing up and having these most of the time, most of the time for the normal person, having these these things unveiled, you know, over time, which makes it a bit more palatable. Yeah. Um, she's getting it all in a burst of 60 right. seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She gets the concentrated dose. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, and, and then, you know, but. She gets the whole boomerang with Pete. She's always thought he was kind of a hero. Now she learns that he was apparently this schmuck who cannot be trusted, who is the most unreliable person in the world, has a lot of harebrained ideas. But in the course of the next hour, he actually rises to be the kind of person she always thought he was. I mean, what, yeah. what an amazing journey. Yes. Um, yes. And it makes, it makes you wish that there was somehow a world where one of Pete's ideas really caught on. And <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, you know, and how that might change him, how that might change Jackie for the better or the worse. Anything would be possible then. I mean, you? absolutely. And not only yeah. on top of that, I mean, you know, the future of Rose could be dramatically altered. 
<laughs> she needs a bath. Yeah, uh, that's oh. right. No, but we we are we're we're, we're skipping ahead a little bit. Yeah. Oh, we got to talk. We got to talk about Mickey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was awesome seeing Mickey. Little Mickey, little still Mickey. scared. Little Mickey, <laughs> exactly. Rose is concerned that he's imprinted on her now, <laughs> like a mother chicken. That was so good. That was so good. That was good. But you know, I think you know, going back to the parent route, you know, I I I, I want to say this, and you know, it, it goes back to again the profoundness. I think of good writing and good, uh, you know, um, storytelling to have an impact. So, so Clarence and Lee both. When, you know, you know, you're talking about this being profound. Whenever I was, you know, watching this, I'm sitting there and watching and I'm, I'm picturing instead as I'm watching this kind of simultaneously, I'm thinking about my own mother and father for that matter. And my grandfather, my, my mother's father was an alcoholic and I did not know that he was an alcoholic until he died when I was 19 years old. So that complete story of my mother growing up with an alcoholic father and um you know some stories that i would probably never ever hear instead the story that i received growing up as a child was of this wonderful iconic grandfather figure and this this guy who literally showered nothing but positive attention on me and put me not on a pedestal but literally put me on a throne and you know i think that with with jackie having the single mother um you know growing up raising rose that she still even though she had the negative um you know negative um experiences with whatever you know just normal life that they were having and then pete you know died that she for her child crafted a story that didn't go into because she very likely could have said you know rose your father was a deadbeat he never did anything blah 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 yes. but jackie as a as a character or uh, you know or as a per, you know it was a character but as a person chose to for her child to not share her own opinions, her own thoughts, her own feelings, because she wanted different for that child. And, yeah. you know, I was pa- paralleling my own mother who wanted, because she, because she, as after I became an adult, you know, I asked her one time, I said, you know, why did you choose to wait until after my grandfather passed before revealing this? And she said, I wanted to, for you to have a different experience than what I did. And it, the, and that is why, you know, I never told you any of that because he was good to you. And so why should I poison you for what he was to me? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So quite profound of an episode. And see, I know people who would say that that, that your mother was being dishonest. Mm, and, and I could, I, and you know what? I could understand and, and, and almost agree to some degree because I will tell yeah. you, and if my mother is hearing this, I, you know, I apologize for what I'm about to say in advance, but creating a, a, an existence that was so wonderful. Yeah. Was not in reality, reality. No, but, but, but what's I mean, the harm? Yeah. Well, well, whether, whether it's reality or not, I mean, did it shape you in a positive way? Oh. And, you know, now I'll go back to think of all the things that, also that are falsehoods which are thrown on our kids which mm-hmm. shape them in a positive way but ultimately they get to a certain age and like um there is no easter bunny slash santa claus slash 18,000 other things um Wait, so you what? know yeah <laughs> oh, sorry kids <laughs> sorry kids um so you know does it does it portray a certain amount of falsehood on your child yes but I think in some instances we need to know things we're ready when we're ready to handle those things as an adult, you know. Yeah, and, and, yeah. And you never, you never know how how you is gonna. We ne- you never know how it's gonna lead a child down the wrong path, or you know that it could bring about some very emotional things that could 
send you down the wrong way, you know? So I think, you know, I mean, I don't like it, but I, the fact is sometimes it's required, you know? Yeah. And, and, and to comment on the, is it right or is it wrong? You know, I will say that, you know, I wouldn't take the, um, relationship that I had with my grandfather for anything, because like I said, mm -hmm. he treated me very well, but on the flip of that, protecting me from anything bad as I did become an adult, I entered adulthood trusting everyone, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and yeah. I did have a moment of like a big reality check at some point. So, you know, be it, be it what it's may of, you know, yeah. be, you know, there you, I can't go back. Well, I, you know, I've had a TARDIS, you know, I can't go back and change any of that. <laughs> but should but, you? And, and, but should, but should I? Because I wouldn't be the person that you guys are friends with if, if for all of that history. So, yeah. And just from a story point of view, think about how, how charitably we view Jackie um, because of the story she's telling Rose, how, how sweet those scenes are of her talking to kind of yeah, toddler absolutely. Rose there. You know, it's, it's easy for us to sort of dismiss Jackie as the comic relief on the show, but you know, she's her, her role in this is so, um, she's basically playing two characters, you know, yeah. uh, and, um, and how we love the one who's, who's bringing up this girl by herself. Wow. Now I, you know what, I'm yeah. going to disagree with you, Lee, and, and I'm sorry to jump mm. over you, Clarence, but let me say this real quick. I don't think she's playing two characters. They are just revealing who Jackie really is. That's, that's right. That's exactly right. Okay, go yeah. for it, Clarence. <clears throat> I was just going to add that um, this whole episode also adds another layer to the story we saw in, um, I think it was Aliens of London when they're of London when they were gone for a year. You know, it just yeah. adds another layer yeah. to the pain that Jackie had. You know, because because we realize she this really is all she has left, mm -hmm. and knowing the story of Pete and. And knowing how tragic it had to be to think that Rose had just vanished off the face of the earth, you know, it it just makes that story all the more hard to to uh, to take. Wow, I did not get that. That is good. That is so good and so true. Yeah, absolutely. You almost wish that uh, this episode had come before the others. I don't know. You know, but yeah. Would it would 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 that not have been nice? Had this may have been the second or third episode, would that not have added such more emotion to the story? Maybe, maybe. What do you think, Clarence? Or do you think it was in the yeah, right I, place? Yeah, I know it's it's it, yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely one that could have been out of place, and you know, it not really impacted you know the rest of the series that much. Um, was there any bad wolf references in this episode? Oh, good it's question. Yeah, it's on a, a poster that's on the wall behind uh, when the, the Doctor and Rose come out of the TARDIS to, to look for Pete. To, and she says, this is the street. This is where it happened. Yeah, there's a poster <gasps> on the wall that says Bad Wolf. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, that's it. <laughs> All right. So, guys, any other points that, you, that stood out for you in this episode? Oh, oh love, love, love the moment when <laughs> the the father... Uh, you know, Rose and the doctor has his argument. The doctor storms out and, and Pete like starts talking to Rose and he starts to make the comment, you know, you're too pretty a girl for him to leave or you know, something to that effect about <laughs> yes. how pretty you are. Do and not go there. Do yeah. <laughs> she is not having it. And I just, and it went on for like a minute of like, nope, not, no, don't need, yep. don't need to think about it. Not, not, no. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. It was great. <laughs> yeah. There for you is like, the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> yes, 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 so good. yes. And we're still remembering that again to jump ahead. But the next time we see Pete in the other universe, he does it again. Yeah, <laughs> he, he starts to hit on her a little bit. She she just looks at him like, "What is it with you?" <laughs> right. <laughs> well, which was strange at first, but then we learn Pete is a bit of a player. Um, yeah. you know, so. It, it, it makes sense. <laughs> okay, well, she can't say anything. I mean, since she's enamored with the doctor, she's dating Mickey, and she was flirting with uh, Adam. So, I mean, yep, you know. So yeah, she, we need she, we're, like, father, we're not like, even talking like about Captain Jack. Yeah, you mean the apple doesn't fall far from the tree? Is exactly. <laughs> uh, she just having fun. Yeah, <laughs> all through space. But yeah, 
it, it was a little surprise to discover that Mickey is probably maybe six years older than she is. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's so weird. I didn't think about yeah, that. It, uh, yeah, you're right. But he wasn't a baby. Hello. Yeah. And I, I guess I just always thought they were the same age. Me too. Maybe they'd gone, they'd gone through school together. But uh, no, he's a good deal older. Okay, so, so let me hmm. ask you guys a question here based on what you, on the same. Why is it that there are some things when we're watching, case in point, what we're talking about, the Mickey age, and, and it's still, we think they're the same age, even though we've seen this. Why are there sometimes story points <laughs> that j- we just gloss over? And then there are other minute little details that it's like, it's like, you know, blazing, you know, red hot. That's mm. that should be insignificant that we latch on to, uh, guys. Why do y'all think that? Why why is that? I think that's how the human mind works. We we can't possibly absorb and make sense of everything simultaneously. We do our best, but you know it, it's why some people are are detectives and other people aren't. Ah, good point. Good yeah. point. It's a, it's a little thing that I that my wife and I say when. Uh, when one of us uh, overlooks something, it's blindingly obvious. We say, well, you'll never make detective at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's <laughs> – you can't notice it. Nobody can notice everything. Nobody can. Good good point. Good, except Sherlock Holmes. Exactly. <laughs> oh, and – but, you know, that's part of what I love about that character. Every now and then, you know, he's smiting his forehead and saying, it was right in front of me all the time. That, that kind of, so, you know, <laughs> so even he – you know, what did you guys think about the um, Alexander Graham Bell and Dr. Watson telephone call over and over and over and over again? I forgot about that. I, there was there was just a uh, I thought that was a fun way of, of showing that time was out of joint. Um, and I didn't notice it until uh, another fan pointed out. But uh, they also get rickrolled in the car earlier on. They hear uh, never going to give you up, which <laughs> <laughs> which has, which does not exist in, in the year that they're in. So they're hearing a radio show from the future, wow. a, a song on the radio from the future. And, uh, yeah, then they get the, the first phone call. Um, yeah. <laughs> so were there any other things like that where there were, where something, hmm. something anachronistic happens where in this episode or another episode? No, in this one, because, oh. because there's this wound in time. Yeah. They hear, they hear Alexander Graham Bell and they hear, um, never going to give you up. Um, yeah, I definitely I didn't know the Rick noticed the Rick roll when I watched. I didn't either. Yeah, I, yeah. I got Rick rolled by Doctor Who. Wow. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get that either, so don't feel bad. Yeah. I didn't get that. Yeah, there may be something else, but I don't. I don't know what it is. Um, I total total trivia here that interested me. Um, I um, because my wife and I are Jane Austen fans. We we enjoy we love her books, and so we 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 try to see all of the possible film versions. There's a film version of Mansfield Park starring Billy Piper, ah. and um, at one point, you know, we she does a flashback, and we see her character uh, as a kid, and it's played by Julia Joyce, the same actress who plays Little Rose here in Father's Day. Oh, oh cool. wow! So yeah, <laughs> so that is her. That was her job there for a while was to be professionally young Billy Piper <laughs> and she really looks like her. So you could see why they, you know, kept using that's cool. Cobain. Yeah. So which makes me wonder since this was 12, 13 years ago, it does make me wonder what she look like now. Yeah. She, does she look like an adult <laughs> Billy Piper as, because, as a young Billy Piper? Because Karen Gillan's cousin is pretty extra to, to an extraordinary extent growing up to look like her. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> so any other thoughts before we get ready to give our final reviews? Um, the older something is, the stronger it is. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, what an interesting idea that is. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah, I think, again, you know, Paul Cornell, excellent, excellent story. I mean, this this is one of those, I'll call it a sleeper story that you don't really think about. And then you go back and say, wow, that was really, really good. Yeah. Um, I have heard, I have read, I should say, uh, Billy Piper saying more than once that this is her favorite episode. And no matter what else they do with her character, this remains her favorite episode. Wow. Uh, yeah. She just loves everything about Father's Day. And she is terrific. At some, of course. Yeah. I, th- I think it advanced the Tyler family so far as mm, yeah. layered as a, yeah. you know, because for what's to come next season, with with that family that would not have had the same emotional connection or the same impact 
without fathers. No, no, no. So, all right. So, Clarence, I'll let you go first. Rating one, you know, whatever rating you would like to give it. Go for mm, it. Okay, I'm not going to stand in the pulpit or anything like the doctor did. <laughs> um, but I uh, have to give this one a a strong four point six. Okay, yeah, that's about it. Four point six. There we go, Mister Shackelford. What say you? Yeah, I would say four point five. I um, I I I was just disappointed again by the Reapers. Um, it's I I just feel like they weren't really thought out very well, not on in the script, and then not in the execution of the special effect, and and, and that hurts the episode. It's it's too yeah. bad, but everything else about it is so so brilliant. Yeah, four and a half. Yes. All right, so creative here. I'm going mm-hmm. to give it a four point five to six. Love it. Yeah, because I'm somewhere in between what the two of you just <laughs> said. So I'm going to give it a 4.526. So, um, yeah, for, for, for the reasons you guys just said, I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. And it just mm, leaves me with one question as we head in, uh, to next week. And would anybody care to speculate what my one question might be as we lead into Don't our next say review? It. He's going to say it. Oh, oh, yeah. Go ahead and say it. <laughs> Are you ready to review next week's episode? That's all I want to say. It's going to have Captain Jack in it. I mean, need yes. we say, need we say yes. more? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what, I mean, what, what else would I have said? I don't know. I can't think of any other questions yeah. related to exactly. To, um, so I mean, I don't know what, what you know where you were going with that. I mean, really, does yeah. does the doctor dance? That's the question. Absolutely. <laughs> <does>. <laughs> I mean, this is like, you know, this is dancing with the stars before there were stars. <laughs> or Strictly Come Dancing, I think, as it's called in the UK. Yeah, more like that. So, That's right. All right. Well, Mr. Shackelford, if someone wanted to find other things that you might have worked on or planning to be working on in a fit of creativity, where <laughs> might they go? Then you to check out what I'm doing at uh, the RelativityPodcast.com. That is Relativity Podcast. Dot com. I am almost finished writing these scripts. I promise my fans. <laughs> I really am, but I'm really trying to be careful and do the best work with them that I possibly can. So, uh, yeah, but uh, new episodes of Relativity coming soon. I promise, promise. Cool beans. All right, Mr. Brown, where am I? Might you be found elsewhere? Uh, yes, you can check out some of my work at techpedition.com where we just released an episode. Um, talking about, um, faster 4G, which is 5G, if you didn't know. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, check us out at techpedition.com. All right. And of course, you know, you and I can be found on YouTube at youtube.discussingwho.com. And we can also be found on another podcast along with your brother, Carrie from Techpedition, as well as to other great guys as we talk about Star Trek Discovery and that can be found at stdpodcast.com and speaking of Carrie I want to as we wrap this show just kind of give a shout out to Carrie if anyone has listened to episode number 74 of Discussing Who you will have heard Carrie on with me for that episode but um I want to kind of give a shout out to him because over the weekend he sent Clarence and I some uh, arrangement for a music uh, intro for discussing comics. And as we end this show, I will play some of that for anyone listening. So, uh, Carrie Brown, we appreciate or especially for me. I just thought it was uh, I couldn't have asked for better. So kudos uh, and thank you very much. So. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me, and for anyone listening, we will be back next week. So, again, thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 
thousand titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that? You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.